Mood with Kim G.C. Moody Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Moody. I'm a Canadian tax expert who has over 30 years of experience at a specialist level dealing with Canada-U.S. tax matters for the private client. For those of you who know me, I love the study of leadership. I'm passionate about entrepreneurship and how tax and economic policy impacts Canadian entrepreneurs, executives, and average Canadians. This podcast will discuss topics relating to taxation, taxation policy, leadership, economics, and the odd political comment as it relates to the previous topics, all in a lighthearted and playful style. Strap in and come along for the ride. Good day. My name is Kim Moody, and I'm here as your host of In the Mood with Kim G.C. Moody. And today, I want to talk to you about the Canadian journalism tax credits. This is something I've written about a fair amount, and I've certainly been very vocal about the Canadian journalism tax credits. But what surprises me is that most Canadians have no clue about the existence of these journalism tax credits. And when I explain it to them, they're not surprised that they exist, but it surprises me that they didn't know that they exist. And so why is that? Well, I think partly, as I'll talk more about, about this later in the podcast, is that there, you know, the, the organizations that receive the funding and the credit that I'll talk about are really loath to, number one, disclose that they receive the funds, and two, to so-called bite the hand that feeds them, which is the government. And so let's take a step back and explain what are these credits. Well, they were first introduced in the 2018 Fall Economic Statement, and it was just a broad announcement in that statement uh, with details to be provided later. There had been a bunch of hints around that time that the government was going to step in and, and help stabilize the, news, the newspaper industry. And sure enough, they made the announcement in, in the fall of 2018, and they released details in, in the 2019 federal budget. And there's three things that they did. And I'm not going to walk through all the specific calculations and definitions. You know, if you're a tax geek, you can certainly go to the Income Tax Act and take a look. It's under Section 125.6 of the Act uh, to be specific for at least, you know, the primary uh, supports is 125.6. But there's three things that they did. One is they introduced a not-for-profit news organization uh, kind of a kind of a new definition that enabled that not-for-profit news organization to issue charitable donations and official donation receipts on par with registered charities, you know, normal registered charities, for people that would fund those organizations. I'll comment more on that later. And when I first saw that announcement in 2019, I almost fell out of my chair. I could not believe that they were going to introduce a not-for-profit like uh, registered charity status uh, to those not-for-profit news organizations. So that's the first thing they did. The second thing they did, which was the kind of the highlight feature, is they created a new refundable labor tax credit 
for qualifying news organizations. It had to be written type of uh, news. So in other words, um, media or uh, like television stations certainly uh, would not apply, so, uh, which to a certain extent is not surprising because CBC, for example, is already funded to the tune of you know, well over a billion dollars per year. And so it was, and I'll talk more about how lucrative that credit is, and the key is that it's cash, it's a refundable credit. And then the third, which I thought was crazy, uh, was a personal tax credit, a non-refundable personal tax credit, if you uh, had a subscription, or if you uh, got a new subscription to a Canadian digital news media. Uh, now it's to a maximum of $500 at 15% for federal purposes. So think about that for a second. It's a maximum of $75 uh, <laughs> on par with, you know, how ridiculous personal tax credits like that in general are. And I've been very vocal about that uh, in, uh, as well in, in other uh, forums. So three things they did, just to repeat and summarize. One, introduced this new not-for-profit charity-like status for not-for-profit news organizations that could issue charitable receipts for amounts received by people. Two, they created this very lucrative, non-refundable labor tax credit for qualifying news organizations. And third, they enabled personal tax credits for people that subscribe to, for example, the Globe and Mail uh, online. And I'm, you know, I'm not particularly picking on the Globe and Mail, I just know off the top of my head that they qualify as one of those organizations. And so all of this was passed into law um, with the effect for 2019 um, and it continues today with the exception of the personal tax credit subscription credit that will automatically expire after the 2024 taxation year. So today I'm recording this on January the 31st or actually 30th, sorry, of 2024. So next year, uh, you will no longer be able to get that, that personal tax credit. So if you want to load up on subscriptions for news organizations and collect those personal tax credits, this is your year, I guess. Um, and so let, let's focus on kind of the, the lucrative tax credit. When they first announced this, you know, they estimated that it, that it would cost Canadian taxpayers about $600 million over the next four years. Uh, so up to the end of 2023, you know, they, they figured that it would be that amount of money, um, which in the whole scheme of things is not a ton of money, uh, given the, the size of the Canadian federal budget, you know, annually, but it's the point of the, of the whole thing that I really don't like. Uh, and I'll comment more on that later. Um, so what is that labor tax credit? Well, they announced that to be 25% of an organization's qualifying labor expenditures, which these are all definitions that I'm not going to get into, to an annual cap of $55,000. So when you do the math, that's, uh, and that's per employee uh, annually. And so annually, the organization could get back $13,750 uh, per year with such amounts prorated for short taxation years. So that's pretty lucrative. <laughs> You know, as an entrepreneur myself, if I could get $13,750, you know, provided to me in cash uh, as a refundable tax credit, 
you know, that would certainly enable me to, number one, make more money, and two, it would influence my hiring decisions for sure. And so, you know, those are pretty lucrative. And so when, when these were announced uh, back in 2019, I just want to read to you a quote. You know, the, the quote was, you know, from the Heritage Minister, the Honorable Pablo Rodriguez. He says, <laughs> and I'm just quoting this right out of the 2019 uh, material, the government of Canada understands that for a democracy to function properly, it needs to have solid, independent news media. It also recognizes that Canadians now consume information differently. Readers are changing their habits and are getting information online. And then it goes, goes on. So when I read that, and even as I read it today, you know, as I record this, I get a little offended. Because if you believe the government on its face, you know, the measures were necessary to save Canadian democracy, since it wouldn't function properly if the journalism organizations failed. And frankly, that's a stretch to me, because like most things in life, things change. And, and as much as I you know, in, have enjoyed reading uh, newspapers, and as, as a youngster, for example, I would gobble up newspapers, and as a young adult, I would too, but over time, I, I recognized how incredibly biased the mainstream media was becoming. And you know, ultimately, there was not a lot of factual reporting. It was mainly opinion-based reporting. And, um, and you know, a very, very left of center leanings, both economically and socially, which I frankly, for those of you who know me personally, I just don't relate to that. I'm certainly a right-of-center conservative fiscalist, and I consider myself a, a, a moderate socialist. And so, you know, when I'm presented by newspapers and you know, in print media and on television that leans so heavily the other way and is so biased with those opinions, why am I going to support that? And I think a lot of Canadians and a lot of people around the world, frankly, um, because Canada is not immune to this, you know, have pushed back. And because of that pushback and because of the way that media is consumed and news is consumed, you know, with social media and, you know, new independent uh, smaller organizations that have a loud voice because of technology, you know, if I simply want opinion-based um, news, I can easily find it. If I want factual-based news, well, frankly, that's a lot harder to find. And so that's one of the problems I have with these credits is that it continues to prop up old legacy news organizations that perhaps should be left to fail. Um, you know, and it's, it's, it's sad to say that, frankly, because nobody likes to see people lose jobs. But the fact of the matter is that times change and the way people consume and obtain information changes as well. And to use taxpayer money to fund, um, you know, to fund old-style news organizations that continue just simply providing biased uh, opinions seems wrong to me. And so, fast forward to today, you know, where are we with these credits? Um, well, <laughs> a couple months ago, in the fall economic statement. Uh, that the government of Canada released, so that was in, at the end of November of 2023, 
they announced some changes to these credits. And in the, the one that they announced to was the Journalism Labor Tax Credit. And what they're going to do is instead of the ceiling being $55,000 per employee, it's now $85,000. And instead of, instead of the credit being computed at 25%, the credit is being proposed to be increased to 35% for a period of four years. And so when you run that math, instead of it being $13,750 per, uh, per employee, it's now a whopping $29,750 per employee. I mean, it, it, and to be clear, actually, and to be fair, they announced that that increased uh, credit uh, would return to 25% on or after expenditure, or sorry, for expenditures incurred on or after January 1, 2027. But it does not look like the ceiling is going to be scheduled to be uh, brought down from, you know, to the original 55,000 and, and it looks like it's going to stay at 85,000. So, I, I mean, I just shake my head at this uh, because that is extremely expensive and simply continues the problems that I have with these rules. So let me, let me just maybe, you know, tell you some of the issues uh, and I've kind of hinted about some of them already, but Here's basically a short list of what I have a problem with. One, I agree that a free press um, is an important aspect of a functioning democracy. Uh, but in my view, it should be independent both from a legal and appearance perspective. And I think appearance is the key, is a key thing here. I mean, I think nobody would dispute that CBC, which is funded by government and frankly wholly owned by government, is inherently biased. Um, all you have to do is watch it for 10 minutes. You know, I dare you to watch The National, which I used to love watching The National News with Peter Mansbridge and before that, Knowlton Nash. I mean, <laughs> as a youngster, I loved watching Barbara Frum. Uh, and, but, you know, as time went on, and as a, you know, as a young adult, and now as, you know, getting into my mid-50s, I just can't stand it. I mean, I, I'm, because I'm curious and I'm experienced enough to know and recognize uh, what is biased opinion as opposed to fact. And so, and I don't want to be told that I'm a bad person all the time because of some progressive ideals. And so, you know, to have an independent press, which should be free to criticize and bite the hand that even feeds, that, that doesn't feed it, for example, I think is important. So in other words, it, it should be both independent from a financial and a, a perspective, a legal perspective and an appearance perspective. And certainly with the stifling of information, I mean, you're not gonna find the mainstream uh, media uh, disclosing a lot you know, to their readers um, that the journalism tax credits are, are here and they're awful. They're not gonna do that uh, because that bites the hand that feeds them. And so I think that's a real problem um, because providing government incentives does not assist with helping to achieve that independence. The second is that um, it, it, it's, it's pretty obvious to me that the, the traditional media is in trouble. I mean, 
<laughs> you know, if you go to downtown Toronto, the CBC building used to be just packed with people and it was a monstrosity of a building. Well, today, you know, it's, it's, it, it's a hollow shell of what it was. Uh, that's an example of CBC, for example, but you would go to some of the other uh, media giants like CTV. You know, I used to be interviewed by CTV early on in my career and throughout my career, and it was a robust newsroom. Well, today, you know, when I'm interviewed, it's pretty quiet. <laughs> Uh, the odd time that you actually are interviewed in person at their studio. Most often now, of course, they want to save money and it's done with virtual platforms which suck in the whole scheme of things. The quality is really horrible. And so, um, so are providing incentives the answers to a foundational and existential problem that the traditional print media faces? I don't think so. I think it's a real problem. And one of the things, another problem I have with these rules is the fact that, and I didn't explain this in the beginning, but the government has chosen, a, you know, as, as part of the implementation of these rules, the government implements a panel of so-called experts. And these experts must approve what organizations are eligible to receive. So, for example, if you have, you know, what the traditional media likes to uh, call a far-right news organization, you know, and for example, Rebel News has often been accused of being far-right. Well, you know, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But would that qualify? Probably not. I don't know. I haven't looked um, uh, to see whether or not Rebel News is a qualifying journalism organization, but I highly doubt it uh, because they're despised by government. Um, so organizations like that, that, uh, that, you know, feel free to criticize or smaller organizations uh, of print media uh, more than likely won't qualify because this body, which is appointed by the government, uh, will, will more than likely not appoint them. And I am not a fan of picking, you know, of government picking win winners and losers because it's so subjective in most cases. In my view, if you're going to provide credits, there should be an objective list uh, of criteria and you either meet those criteria or you don't. Having a so-called expert panel, uh, which those experts are, are uh, <laughs> disclosed on, on the Canada, um, on Canada government's website and you go and take a look at some of the bios of those people and it's like, hmm, not even sure they understand tax, let alone understand public policy, let alone understand uh, you know, the print media and economics and things that, in my view, they should probably have a greater understanding of. And I'm sure they're great people, but how they actually get appointed to the position is, is uh, beyond me. And so with all of that, I, I think that the public deserves to know that their traditional media, print media, written media, is funded by... Canadian journalism tax credits, which ultimately are funded by taxpayers of Canada. And in my view, that should influence the selection and credibility and uh, of uh, uh, the selection of and the credibility of uh, your choice of media and your choice of print organizations to follow. 
I certainly have canceled virtually all of my subscriptions with the exception of one uh, because I just simply am tired of the bias and it revolts my stomach to know that these organizations are receiving uh, funding uh, from, the, from the taxpayers of Canada. So there you go. Um, you know, I, I, I probably have lots more to say on this. I wrote a blog on my personal website at kimgcmoody.com. I wrote it on June the 21st uh, of 2023. And you'll, if you go to my website and look for blogs, you'll, you'll find them. You'll find it there. Uh, and obviously, it, it wasn't updated. It has not been updated for the fall, the 2023 fall economic statement. But I'd encourage you to go and take a look at it if you want to learn more. Uh, because really all that's changed in the fall economic statement is they've increased the amount of funding. And so really they've, in my view, uh, compounded the problem. So I'm on a mission to let the Canadian public know uh, the evils of these journalism tax credits and how ridiculous they are. And in my view, they should be immediately repealed. So there you go. I uh, hope you enjoyed this version of In the Mood with Kim G.C. Moody, and I uh, look forward to hearing back from you. Thanks very much. Bye now. So there you have it. Another episode of In the Mood with Kim G.C. Moody podcast. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed doing it. I'm always open to feedback. Please reach out to me at my personal website at kimgcmoody.com. Feel free to sign up to my mailing list for my one-to-one-to-one newsletter where I comment on one comment on taxation, one comment on leadership, and one comment on economic or public policy matters. And feel free to reach out to me on my LinkedIn account as well. Until next time, take care. Bye now.